So when got checked out and, and I'm sort of waking up from the colonoscopy and the doctor leans in my face and says, oh, you've got cancer. I'm like, well, that uh-huh. sucks, you know. <laughs> I'm like, well, so anyhow, I was like, oh, crap, you know. Um, it, it's funny because I had run Boston that, that um, you know, Patriots Day earlier that year, about six months earlier. Um, so clearly I had it at that time, didn't know it, but I'm like, gee, you know, I, Ran Boston with a tumor. You know, I wonder if that's a different category. Takes the wind out of your sails, but I kept running a little bit during that period. I found I had enough energy and stuff to, and that always made me feel better. Again, you talk about mood. Oftentimes, you know, when I'm going to do, this was true before cancer, after cancer, whatever, but you know, you don't want to do a run. You're like, oh, I don't feel good. And I'm like, ah, oh, but you know what? I know I'm going to feel better after I run. And invariably that's true. You always feel better after you run. You know? Those, those first few marathons, I would say the first three years of running marathons, I had every running injury known to man. They're all overuse injuries. You're ramping up too fast. You know, I had plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, you know, um, ITB band syndrome that brought you down. I had all of these things. And right. it, was, oh, it must be the shoe. It's the magic shoe. I got to find the right shoe. I spend more money. I had these cushion monstrosities and still had injuries. It, what I finally figured out, you just need to be regular about it. And you slowly build up your legs, your your connective tissues get thicker and more resilient. You just have to be patient. It takes time to do that, you know. And I think the problem for a lot of people when they do running, and maybe this is true of biking as well, you know, they go through that initial period where you feel really awful and you just start to feel better and then they stop, you know. So if they take it up again, they're always in that first couple week period where they feel like crap, you know. They're like, oh, this running is awful. Well, if you stick with it, it gets easier. But the secret is you have to stick with it. You know? I am Baiki Venki, and this is the Working Athlete Podcast. Here, I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips, time management, and lifestyle advice. If this is something that interests you, please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. Today's guest, Dave King, is a badass marathon runner and a cancer survivor. Dave has been an inspiration for me and many others who are fortunate to cross paths with him. He was one of the key figures who helped me stay active when I was feeling down without any activity during the wintry Vermont days back in 2010 when I was there on work for a year. This lifelong working athlete is now retired from work but keeps busy with home projects, volunteering, running, and gravel mountain biking more recently. Welcome to the Working Athlete Podcast, Dave. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Hey, Vicky. It's great to talk to you again. Thank we you. had a, a lot of fun together in Vermont, you know. Yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, I, I can't, rem- um, you know, forget the kind of help you guys were, you, Rob Levezer, 
ఎరిక్ మెకార్తీ కిమ్ పాటర్ యాండీ అండ్ షీలామర్సన్ ఆల్ ఆల్ యూ గైస్ వర్ వెరీ కీప్ యునో పీపుల్ డ్యూరింగ్ మై టైమ్ దేర్ ఇన్ వెర్మౌంట్ బ్యాక్ ఇన్ టూ థౌజండ్ నైన్ అండ్ టెన్ అండ్ దట్ period that one year has changed my life uh, you know in many ways so you had a big part in that yeah so I, you. I, as you mentioned it was a group you know it really was a group effort um i think that's what sustained us in the winter it's it's easy to put it off and say nah i'm not going to do this run at lunchtime it's like 5 degrees and the wind is blowing but uh Um I I blame a lot of it on Sandy Sandy Colvin she I called them her Sandy Graham she would send out an email saying who's going running today and like okay okay someone <laughs> else is going I'll go you know um but we would go out in all sorts of weather you sort of learn the layers that you need to do it you know right. um you know biking you know if you need a little more wind protection whatever same thing in running we would buy shoes that were you know water repellent we would layer on some big socks we would basically use gear that you would use in cross country skiing that's mm. what we would be running in you know um sport hill makes wonderful you know wind block clothing you know so we would go out i think our record was it was 6 below 0 fahrenheit i don't know what that is celsius wow. that's way down there but that's weird uh, yeah. and the wind chill was in the minus 20s uh you know again fahrenheit but um we still went out we we would tend to go in the woods rather than out in the open you know to try to cut the wind down a little but mm. we still got out there sometimes we even had to resort to um uh spikes um katula makes uh, something called a nano spike that you can actually put on a running shoe right. so if it got icy or slippery we'd wear those things you know um but yeah again that little nudge from the 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 sandy gram got us going and and the whole group sort of egging each other on you know right we managed to get out there a whole lot you know yeah 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 i managed to join you uh, uh guys on a few runs uh during those uh, lunch hours uh, and i used to join you for runs and i uh, used to join rob uh, for hikes uh and mountain biking he got me into uh, a single track uh, mountain biking that was a lot of fun um and uh, the you know since you mentioned about layering for the uh, cold right the first mm-hmm. time i went to uh, went out on the national uh, life trail um i was dressed for like uh, someone who is go- uh, out, going out for a walk Uh, with heavy uh, you know winter jacket and within 5 minutes uh, of uh, following rob i was sweating tons yes <laughs> <laughs> yes now the rule of thumb is you dress for run for your run as if it's 20 degrees warmer so you have to expect that you're going to heat up a lot as you move So it's tough when you first start sometimes you're a little chill but you you're exactly right you warm up so much you're sweating and pulling layers off and yeah you right. got it yeah yeah that's you, the drill yeah you and rob uh, then kind of uh, taught me about layering 
and what are the kind of uh, layers you need to look for a wind blocker uh, you know a kind of uh, uh, a thicker layer and a thinner layer and all that uh, so mm-hmm. i i went out and uh, you know did did some shopping i i think it was maybe in, at walmart or something and uh, you know got a bunch of layers and i mm-hmm. think from then on it wasn't that much of a problem i remember my uh, you mentioned uh, minus 6 fahrenheit that would be like minus 28 or something like that uh, in yeah. centigrade but i did not venture out uh, for runs in that cold but uh, i i remember going out for a run in minus 8 uh, degrees centigrade and uh, yeah. yeah that was that was fun you know i i had those uh, uh shoes with the spikes and all that you know running in uh snow essentially on the <laughs> snow covered roads yeah, yeah yeah that was that was a lot of fun yeah 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 you adapt i mean it doesn't take a lot of money but yeah you, you have to you know adapt to to whatever the conditions might be and it, it's not real hard but it it does take some experience to guess at it you know yeah. and and a group we sort of helped each other do that you know that that was a a, yeah. a huge thing but as you know just getting any sort of regular activity going especially during those months when you tend to sit there and just drink coffee and eat sweets uh you know um it it's nice to have some regular exercise going because what it would do also if you were going to run you knew i can't be snacking all morning because my stomach's going to hurt when i go out and try to run so you might have you know your breakfast and then maybe some snack after that early in the morning but then you wouldn't eat until lunchtime because you knew you were going to go running you know Right. so it encourage you not to sort of browse all day you know i, I think it really helped us keep yeah. the weight down and and you know. yeah um, it it was yeah. also a lot uh, you know it helped my mood a lot because i noticed oh, in, yeah. the, in the initial months um i got there just as um the uh, spring was gone the uh, spring colors were Uh, fading and it 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 became gray all around from all those beautiful yeah. colors <laughs> and uh, you know and i i noticed that you know i just got into cycling a year before uh, when i was uh, in hyderabad and once i got there i uh, you know i i uh, uh, found uh, i researched uh, about bike shops and found uh, a community bike shop where i went and volunteered uh, but i i didn't have any bike to uh, you know uh, go out and ride yet i was going there on thursdays and fridays or something like that a couple of days a week to volunteer uh, repairing bikes there and then uh, but i wasn't uh, doing any sort of exercise so i quickly realized that i was feeling a lot down and initially i thought okay i was missing my family because i did not get my family there at that time and uh, but quickly realized okay this is that you know the weather the lack of sunlight and all that is and lack of physical activity is kind of getting me uh, feeling depressed and then that's when uh, the lunch time uh, running group and uh, you know hiking groups and all that uh, 
came into the picture and really really saved me uh, in a way yeah yeah and and you're you know at these northern latitudes you know you're right about the light they call it seasonal affective disorder some people really do get depressed during the winter months from the lack of light and i think activity is the key now you know you're much closer to the equator than we are we i think during the shortest winter days that would be december 21st around that time that's the um the solstice um it's less than eight hours of daylight you know? right yeah uh, which is quite a difference you know when you're used to 12 and 12 you know um but you know the summer is great because you know we get up to 15 hours of daylight however yeah you choose to Uh, kind of become light uh i think four or five in the morning and then not not go down till uh, nine so those 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 days were really good for uh you know riding early or late in the evening so mm-hmm. i did a bit of uh, riding uh, later in that summer yeah that was good yeah i i know some people ride their their fat bikes their studded tire fat bikes in the winter with headlamps and headlights you know you literally got to have a, a light bright enough so you can see the trail that you're on <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't try that with a headlight but uh no yeah, I, I tried you, it a little even with even in uh, you know when there is some um, even for my rides when i got a, when i finally built a mountain bike for myself with that uh, co-op um, i start one day i remember starting the ride at 12 noon and it was bright and sunny but the weather but the it was zero degrees essentially oh. <laughs> and um, I, i went out for uh, uh, for a ride i that was my first 100 uh, kilometers ride there i came back in the winter uh, yeah yeah i uh, by the time i reached back it was close to 6 pm in the evening or something oh gosh i uh, i got the bottle out of the bottle case trying to drink it was ice there was nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's right oh my gosh yeah well they make insulated water bottles now you know yeah. so if you put it in a little warm it won't freeze so fast you know but, oh it my gosh crazy. yeah, yeah. yeah and you, i have a few pictures uh, of the same route uh my bike in summer and my bike in winter parked around uh, you know again it's the same post it, it yeah. there are two different worlds yeah. yeah yeah well as you know in vermont the, the roads can dry out a little they might be kind of you know have the road salt on them or something like that which can be tough on your bike so you can do road riding in the winter you know without mm-hmm. needing studs and all that but yeah the the temperature is going to yeah, be tough but- yeah but it 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 is like you said it's hard on the uh, components with all the salt and yeah, stuff yeah exactly yeah yeah if you can't wash your bike off easily and then wash the tires off yeah mm-hmm. it, yeah the rust will get them <laughs> in a hurry but uh, yeah running's a little easier you know you just put your gear on and go you know but yeah. uh, um but that that regularity of of what we did was huge you know um because you know as as you know you you saw Sandy's marathon training schedules you know mm-hmm. you start we ran a marathon in May the end of May um every year Vermont City Marathon that was our sort of target race to get things going and 
Well, you start the training program 16 weeks prior to that, you know, mm. um, and, you know, your first long run is maybe an eight miler. Well, even to do eight miles, you have to have some background to, to be able to do that, you know. Right. So you basically have to be running a little bit year round, you know, um, and then you pick it up during that 16 week ramp up, you know. I was describing this to you before, you know, Sandy worked out the schedules and, okay, you know, every weekend you do a long run. Okay. So the first long run would be eight. The second long run would be 10. And then the next weekend um, you do 12 and then you drop it back to 10 and then you do 14 and drop it back to 10. So you slowly ramp up that long run. They get longer and longer, but there's this huge lead up you know, across a 16 week period, you're running three or four of the weekdays during that time, you know, three to five mile runs, you know, um, but that long run is the critical part for doing the marathon for just getting used to the miles, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this from biking, I, I got these terms from my biking friends that would do really long rides, they call it bonking, you know, B-O-N-K, bonking. Yeah. It's where you blow through all your blood sugar and you just get exhausted, you know, because yeah. you've used up all your fuel, you know. Um, yeah, been when there you start doing these few times, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you know, so you have to take in something during the ride, right? right. I mean, you can't do yeah. the whole ride with nothing. Uh, you have to take in some water, but you also need some carbs when you're getting into these 15, 18 mile runs, you know. You mentioned you went, 30 how many k 33k something like that and and ran into problems i think the marathon the 26.2 mile marathon is 43 44 right. yeah like that. i i but, got i got to um a half marathon distance in my long runs before i shot okay. my uh, knee uh so the the weekday runs with you guys were uh, great uh but yeah when once i got to my second uh, long run uh, second mm-hmm. time that I ran 21k I think uh, maybe maybe it was a case of uh, uh, too much too soon uh, in because yeah. I didn't have that much running in my legs uh, we we kind of started I started 16 weeks before but even to even for that like you mentioned uh, to do that properly also you need some kind of uh, a base uh, before that and mm-hmm. i didn't have that uh coming in i i was excited uh, to be part of your group and uh, you know vermont city marathon uh, being my first marathon i signed up and i was really gung-ho about uh, training for it but i guess you know it was a case clear case of uh, too much too soon as i was ramping up and mm-hmm. i couldn't uh, yeah yeah it's it's tough to find the magic combination of things, but I, I think um, hanging in there over months and years is really important. I've mentioned this, I've told you this story before. Where I, I've done 28 marathons total. The first five marathons, I screwed up everything. My first one was terrible. I ended up walking the last three miles, I think, but, you know, went out way too fast, didn't really train enough, you know. And I finally got my act together, you know, by the sixth marathon and, and started running it more evenly for the whole race instead of going out really fast and then crashing, you know. 
but it's the distance that crushes you. You know, 5K is a crazy race. It's anaerobic. You can just go out and run yourself into the ground and, and survive it. You know, the marathon is very unforgiving. You know, from the half marathon and up, you know, you will crush yourself if you go out way too fast, you know. But also, if you haven't trained, it's really unpleasant, you know. Right. But those those first few marathons, I would say the first three years of running marathons, I had every running injury known to man. They're all overuse injuries. You're ramping up too fast. You know, I had plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, you know, um, ITB band syndrome that brought you down. I had all of these things and right. I kept saying, oh, it must be the shoe. It's the magic shoe. I got to find the right shoe. I spend more money. I had these cushion monstrosities and still had injuries. It, what I finally figured out, you just need to be regular about it. And you slowly build up your legs, your, your connective tissues get thicker and more resilient you just have to be patient. It takes time to do that, you know. Mm. Um, that but, is true. You know that that's marathoning is is crazy because it really is months and years, you know. But, but even just running cross country in high school, you know, most of us would sit around all summer and then boom, start trying to train to run cross country. And we had all kinds of overuse injuries. It was really clear. It we we didn't have any regular pattern of running during the summer and the rest of the year. So, yeah, we get there, run real fast. Thank God there were two and a half mile races or something. They didn't really have 5K established until I was out of high school. Each high school had its own length, anywhere from 2.3 to 2.7 miles. And Littleton, the high school I was at in New Hampshire, had the longest cross-country course in the state. Ours was 2.7 because of where they ran and how they had to do the loop and everybody dreaded it. They're like, Oh God, that's so long, you know, 2.7 miles. I mean, God, you, you, know, you can do that in your sleep. But yeah, we were horrified that the course was so long, you know, but, but anyhow, ramping up into that, we would do it so fast. We, I actually had to sit out most of a season. I had a, a severe overuse bursitis injury in one leg, you know, um, but yeah, I stopped running for a while and then didn't start until I was in my forties in my mid forties, my mm. wife was out running with an office friend of hers. And I was like, gosh, I should do that. You know? So I started running and finally got it in my head. I'd try a marathon. And again, as so I you, said, you, I did it you, badly. You, yeah. You, you, uh, uh, had cross country running background in school, and stuff then you stopped and then you picked up again uh in in your 40s yeah, 20 years later yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah okay. exactly you know so I, I was the weekend warrior as i call it initially you know I, I sort of wasn't doing much and boom hey i'm gonna run a marathon <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I survived it anyhow and kept going and, and realized that it's really the regularity it gets, as you know, when you train a little bit, it, it gets easier. Your, mm -hmm. your physiology gets more efficient and you're like, oh, well, this isn't much easier than it was when I started this. And I think the problem for a lot of people when they do running, and maybe this is true of biking as well, you know, they go through that initial period where you feel really awful and you just start to feel better and then they stop, you know? So if they take it up again, they're always in that first couple week period where they feel like crap, you know? They're like, oh, this running is awful. Well, if you stick with it, it gets easier. But the secret is you have to stick with it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And, and, you know, so I learned that I, I try to keep some exercise going. I, uh, as, as I told you, I had a back injury, I ruptured a disc in 2017. So I haven't been doing really long distances. What, what was happening was I had sciatic nerve damage that was making my foot land funny and I was actually injuring my foot. Um, so I backed off and I got into biking, you know, mm. um, which is your world, which you know so well. Yeah. Running, I know very well. Biking, I don't know at all. So yeah. stupid me again trying to overdo it i i sign up for this thing called the vermont super eight which is a, a mountain biking gravel road race you know bike packing thing in two loops the first loop is 260 miles the second one is 360 oh my god um, <laughs> and i thought well i'll just do you know uh, you know the first hundred you know 150 miles and so I'll stop at my sister's house she's up you know on the loop somewhere up in northeastern vermont you know and i had no experience in this completely overloaded the bike i'm riding a fat bike with four inch tires knobby tires i mean when this thing is rolling on asphalt it sounds like a truck coming down the road it's literally oh, yeah. you know and and that's what i'm riding in this thing and these guys have these really nice gravel bikes with fairly narrow tires and tiny little packs and i my pack was completely overloaded i think it weighed 72 pounds or something oh, wow. you know, uh, without me on it you know it was completely crazy so I hop on this thing. The, the first 26 miles was 4,000 feet of climbing. We're on and off gravel roads. I think there's a, a few miles of pavement, but the rest of it was either gravel or, you know, mountain bike trails, you know. Um, it was absolutely crazy. I, my heart rate, I, had, I was wearing my, my watch. My heart rate was higher. Okay, 26 miles, right? My heart rate was higher than it was during the entire marathon that I ran, wow. you know, a, a few years earlier. That's how hard I was working, pushing this bike up the hills and everything, you know. Um, right. So I started getting muscle spasms and, and everything. And I dropped out and told the guys I was with to go on without me because I was holding them up, you know. Right. So yeah. I, I've rebuilt my bike with much narrower tires. I went from four inch to 2.3, mm -hmm. um, dropped the weight, bought ultra light gear and everything. And I'm going to try something again, maybe not 260 miles, but, yeah, but um, gradually just, build, build up to it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I figured I'd jump right into biking and now, now you got to respect the sport. You know, you really yeah. got to know what you're doing. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, biking is not that much of an impact sport, but you know, you still have to kind of use the same logic that you would use for running to gradually build into it. Right. There's some, uh, <laughs> similar uh, uh, reuse injuries or overuse injuries can come up even with cycling right so yeah well this this fat bike uh, one thing it's uh, also uh, their Voitech model um, it has the narrowest Q factor you know talk about you know overuse injuries on on fat bikes one problem is your legs are spread so far apart you're do, you're at a weird angle and you tend to get knee injuries well the q factor if it's if it's very uh, low your legs are closer together like a road bike and, right. and this model has the lowest q factor in the industry so i had that in mind in trying to use this thing so mm. we'll, we'll see how it goes you know yeah yeah you but, you will you will do great once you 
ramp up you know become uh, regular on this no no uh, it, well i also yeah. tried i well i bought some pedals that are flat pedals on one side and you flip them over and they have the clip right um, yeah so i've never a- had bike shoes with the clips how much does that buy you having that clip on the pedal i mean uh, you know, how much it, does that it, really buy you it buy you in uh, i think it's more about um, you know having a steady pedal uh, so especially for uh, these um, uh, trails and uh, uh, bumpy roads on gravel right it, mm-hmm. you know with all that you would lose footing and uh, yeah having, and you do exactly yeah, yeah. Have, having that You're, clipped uh, in it really really helps yeah i i've literally my foot flipped off because i hit a bump and wasn't paying attention and i'm sitting there going ah <laughs> yeah yeah it can be quite dangerous right yeah 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 but i and i hope there's some efficiency as well and you know um but in running i have a sense of oh, okay i go this far then i drink something then i take a gel water and biking i'm like i don't know what's going on when do i stop what do i yeah. i don't have a clue so i have to learn all of that you know um, yeah it's quite similar to uh, running dave it's um, you you got to uh, supply energy at regular intervals uh, you know keep if you have energy drink keep uh, sipping it or if you have you know if you are carrying energy bars keep biting having a bite at every half an hour 20 minutes or whatever right you f- you'll figure it out uh, the frequency that is personal to you but in and keep uh, hydrating as you go on so you know mm-hmm. it's not rocket science as such because you've been a sportsman uh, now for more than uh, what donkey's years now so <laughs> you yeah. you'll figure it out in- into ancient history yeah yeah well it's you know but your your snacks are in a new place and you got to figure out that setup you know um running right. had it you, down no uh, you do you have a cycling jersey with pockets at the back and stuff like that no no i i have little packs on on the the on the, the frame. C, uh, uh, on the frame frame bags okay okay yeah yeah you know if you um, if you keep those uh, energy bars or snacks uh, in in the jersey pockets you might you would be able to reach out you don't need to unzip the frame bags and get them out and stuff yeah, yeah. you can uh, uh, eat on the go and stuff so that mm-hmm. that that will save you a lot of uh, you know energy stopping and starting and trying to build the speed back up and all that Yeah, what I realized I I need to practice even clipping my foot in the pedal. My god, you know. Rob yeah. Lavasser admits when he first got, uh, you know, clips, he fell several times until he figured out how to do it quickly. I I, I I I every one of us will fall. There is no doubt. Yeah, you know, okay. my, in fact, the first time I used cleats was in Vermont. Um and uh, once I got my fixie the bulldog, I uh, I got um, SPD SPD pedals the mountain bike mm-hmm. pedals with uh, a kind of platform uh, support also along with them and um, i went out for a ride um I came back into the parking lot uh, where you know had access to the apartment and then i forgot that i was clipped in and just down top <laughs> so it was, <laughs> <Boom. yeah. laughs> so it was yeah. embarrassingly slow fall but you know thankfully no one else was there to see it. 
Okay, okay. It's not just me. Okay. No, no. Well, I'm practicing it in the cellar, you know, holding on to the workbench, trying to clip in, going, oh my God. No, it's, yeah. it, it is kind of uh, falling is uh, almost like a rite of passage, <laughs> but okay, uh, okay. a couple of, uh, you know, a few rides, you will figure it out. It's, uh, it's not a big problem. Yeah. Well, I, I fell a few times on the, on this uh, Vermont Super 8 first day there, you know, that, that was a crazy day. I have to say we, we had a crazy uh, rainstorm come through. We got absolutely hammered with rain and uh um you know my i didn't realize my packs i had a rain cover for them that i'd put off but i took it off when the race started well wouldn't you know the rain started up again and these packs were not waterproof my pack was literally filling with water you know because oh. uh, the, zip, the zippers weren't waterproof you know mm. uh, i i didn't figure this out until i got home and wondered why the thing was so heavy and i reached in the bottom and i had a towel in there that was soaking wet you know, I probably had an extra gallon of water in that, the <laughs> panniers on the bike, you know, thinking, oh, right. my God, I've been carrying this up hills, you know. But, yeah, I got soaked. Everything got soaked. It was it was kind of a crazy way to try your first day at back, bike packing, you know. Oof, I, know. I know. So, um, yeah, one thing I wanted to uh, talk about is um, you you did by this time you did for 28 marathons so far and uh, yeah. you uh, qualified for boston a couple of times right so actually four times yeah but and i ran it twice okay you qualified for boston four times and ran it twice so you mentioned and this that- was when i was in my 50s you know i mean yeah. uh, uh, it's i in the early ones i wasn't fast enough i i didn't train well enough but finally when i hit 50 i was actually going fast enough to qualify i did initially had thought i hadn't qualified and then i realized six months later like oh my god i actually qualified so i signed up for boston and um, went ran it with the gang that was 2004 ran it again in 2009 um nice and- so um you know what was the uh, things what was the changes in uh, what were the changes in your training leading up to uh, races where you qualified for boston as opposed well, to your initial uh, you, you know marathons the the 2003 thing i i would say um S- sandy colvin was a pretty serious runner you know she she trained pretty hard and she actually had run a 315 previously at Chicago and and uh, I think the Portland the main marathon um, but uh, in 2003 she was again this is her Sandy Grams telling us to go out and run during the summer we were going down and training on the track um, or when it became available when the snow melted and the track was available there, there's as you know Montpelier High School is just down the hill from National Life so it's it's great if they just had a dirt track but we were able to go down there and run so we were actually doing sprints you know to build up our, our wind um, um, so we did that pretty regularly we do that once a week and we do a hill run once a week we go over and run to the tower you know the Hubbard Park Tower which is this zigzag fairly steep path up 
to the top of that and then come down the backside and then you got to run back up the hill the national life you know oh national um, so life hill is always uh, <laughs> always tough exactly yeah. it's very unforgiving and, and i i would always tell myself and other people in the group you know when you run a race it doesn't end like this you don't have an uphill at the finish so this is great this is training for the race but yeah that year 2003 we did all kinds of um you know sprints and and speed work and we did those hill climbs again we do those at least once a week speed work once a week the hill climbs and um we all had really good times at uh, VCM that year you know um so yeah. even though and, and again i didn't go out and hammer it i actually ran very even splits the first half marathon was 20 seconds faster than the second half marathon so i That's ran it very close. yeah 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 but i could sort of hold the pace without falling apart you know yeah. um you know again they talk about hitting the wall in the marathon it starts happening you know 16 18 20 miles you know um where you start feeling people you know you can hear them their feet slapping you know they're running kind of sloppily and 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 starting to drag um but if you didn't hammer it at the beginning if you did it nice and evenly and you did your training that's not bad you you just keep going and you go through it and you hold your pace and you hold your form you know keeping your form is a big deal i i think it's probably more of a big deal on the bike i don't know if there's such a thing as yeah. keeping your form but but that's huge in terms of efficiency if you start to slump breathing is harder you know everything is harder so you can just keep your back straight and sh- you know shoulders up it, you can actually breathe easier it, it hurts less and and you just keep uh chugging along you know um yeah so when we did that extra training anyhow that kind of gave us the push to to have a, a qualifying time you know yeah um, excellent yeah it is pretty uh talking of form it is pretty much similar uh, in cycling as well if you are able to Uh, you know keep a straight back and you you if you are able to uh, you know stay aero uh, you you save a lot of energy riding right so and you will not have uh, back issues and stuff like that so that, that form is uh, important anywhere yeah Oh, so it is even yeah okay yeah okay. yeah yeah definitely yeah the mountain biking is a different position but yeah um, yeah yeah Yeah. even there i'm trying know. well i'm trying different handlebars what i find the mountain bike the flat bar you know your hand always in that position mm. now you've got the drop bars you can put your hands in several right. different positions yeah. as you yeah. ride with the flat bars my hand starts to get numb especially right you don't have right too many hand. options yeah yeah exactly so i'm trying it certainly makes a thing called the corner bar that it's a handlebar for mountain bikes but it's kind of got a drop section it's got a little stub that sticks up that you can hang on so you can put your hand in different positions right. so i'm going to try those um they're back ordered my god they're they're like almost 5 months behind in shipping those wow. but uh, yeah now try those and see how that works yeah nowadays everything is back ordered uh, with the components and stuff yeah because of oh. all the covid uh, thing yeah. yeah supply line issues yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so um uh one thing that uh, i noticed uh, i think uh, around the time i was there or just before uh you had a, a really big health scare you know with the uh, cancer 
and stuff right so can you share uh, that experience what was uh, that cancer what was uh, the that period like in terms of you know how you were able to deal with it and overcome it and you know go ahead sure sure yeah that was 2009 i was, I was diagnosed in october 2009 with a, a colorectal cancer a tumor it was like stage two at the time you know so we caught it fairly early but um you know so colonoscopies they recommend you get it when you turn 50 well i had put it off i was like 55 i'm like oh i'm a runner i don't need to do that you know mm. Uh, so my doctor finally said, oh, why don't you go get a colonoscopy? You know, I was complaining about some vague symptoms, you know, um, you know, just cramping and stuff, you know, nothing obvious, you know. Um, so went and got checked out and, and I'm sort of waking up from the colonoscopy and the doctor leans in my face and says, oh, you've got cancer. I'm like, well, that oh. sucks, you know. <laughs> I'm like, well, so anyhow, I was like, oh, crap, you know. Um, it, it's funny because I had run Boston that, that um, you know, Patriots Day earlier that year, about six months earlier. Um, so clearly I had it at that time, didn't know it, but I'm like, gee, you know, I ran Boston with a tumor. You know, I, I wonder if that's a different category. Maybe I can get an award, you know, but uh, um, anyhow, I had that what you do for that. They, they did uh, some radiation initially. Um, then I had some, uh, a round of chemo, then they did the surgery and then another round of chemo after that, this is stretching out over like a nine month period, you know? Um, so yeah, that kind of takes a wind out of your sails, but I kept running a little bit during that period. I found I had enough energy and stuff to, and that always made me feel better. Again, you talk about mood, um, oftentimes, you know, when I'm going to do, this was true before cancer, after cancer, whatever, but you know, you don't want to do a run. You're like, Oh, I don't feel good. And I'm like, ah, oh, but you know what? I know I'm going to feel better after I run. And invariably that's true. You always feel better after you run, you know, yeah. um, you know, unless you're sprinting and, and falling down and throwing up or something, but just, you, you just feel better, you know, mm. even if you, you didn't initially. So it really helped me feel better during all the various treatments. Again, I wasn't doing very much. I was doing two, three mile runs, you know, um, you know, I had dropped to maybe two or three times a week, you know, instead of five or six days a week. Um, but that made a huge difference, just sticking with something to look forward to, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I tried Vermont City Marathon a year later after all the treatments finished. No, in you, you, I, uh, just to interrupt you there, because that is precisely around the time I was there. Right. I came yeah, in late, yeah, late 2009 and uh, left late 2010. And uh, I... I did not know about, uh, you know, your uh, uh, cancer and the treatment that you were going, uh, uh, that you are undergoing uh, until much later, right? And uh, because you you were uh, running, you were continuing to run and staying active 
and uh, the, because i joined you for uh, many runs during that time well i was ramping back up in late 2010 because i had right. planned to run vcm in 2011 you know right and um you know so i was ramping back up so i was doing our usual pattern of running getting out for lunchtime runs and then in january we would start ramping up again you know so I did that and I was doing the long runs and I was just in, uh, you know, there was too much pain in my feet and everything. And, um, you know, I had enough residual damage, I guess, from the treatment where I wasn't able to do the whole marathon. So I actually dropped out a month or a month and a half before the marathon. Um, I had a, a friend from California who was going to come and run with me. He came and ran it himself with me cheering him from the sidelines. That was hard. But uh, um, but I tried it again in 2012 and had much better luck. Was still a little run down, but just stuck with it. In 2013, I did great. You know, um, 2013 was the year right after Boston. So by God, mm. I had to. I had to go run it just on principle, you know, but mm. uh, yeah. So 2013, I felt much better and kept running them through 2017 each year, you know? Yeah. Um, so that you took, it took uh, a couple of years for you to uh, fully, almost fully recover from the effects of the cancer and the treatment, uh, you know, yeah, the mostly the treatment. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it, the, the treatment, the radiation and chemo, really hard on the body right so yeah yeah they they take a toll you you got to sort of accept that and deal with it you know it, it doesn't mean you can't do anything but it does limit you you know energy wise and everything it, it sort of takes a toll so i had to be patient and build back into that and and it came you know um you know 2015 i went out the same friend from california who had come to run with me in 2011 we ran the Big Sur Marathon, which is on the Pacific Coast Highway, very scenic, right on the ocean, you know, just a beautiful area near Monterey, California, you know, near um, near that particular area. Mm. Um, so that was fun. That was a, a great adventure. So I ran Big Sur and VCM that year, you know, so I actually was able to do two marathons. So I was doing pretty well, but um, one of the things that the surgery had done that I didn't realize was when I uh, hurt my back, I stopped running and my legs started swelling. I'm like, what is going on here? You know, and I realized I had had, it's called lymphedema. One of the things they do with cancer surgery is remove lymph nodes, you know. Well, they sort of screwed up the lymph flow in, in the one leg where they removed a couple lymph nodes. Um, now, if you continue to run and stay active, you'll never notice it. You exercise and flex the muscles enough where the fluid doesn't build up. If you get inactive, the, you'll start getting fluid buildup, which is what lymphedema is. So I'm like, oh, my God, that's been there all along. It's been there since 2010. But I never noticed it because I was active enough where it never became an issue. Mm. So yet another reason to stay active it actually has helpful effects if you have other issues going on it, so it you noticed actually... this in 2017 when you injured your back yeah and i stopped running right you know, i stopped running for a period of time i'm like okay i gotta let my foot heal and everything so for two months i didn't run at all it was driving me crazy um and my leg was puffing up because i wasn't using it enough right <laughs> yeah like, 
but interesting, interesting to find that out, you know. But so I'm slowly working my way back to do longer distances. And that and, and that injury was uh, through. Well, that was because of the surgery. It's a side effect of the surgery, you know. Oh. Okay. Um, and and in fact, the back injury was probably a side effect of the radiation because the radiation causes damage. The kind of warn you about this but don't really give you a lot of detail but i have three vertebrae that that's the only area of my spine that has any arthritis in it well it's where they did the radiation and that's also oh. where i ruptured the disc so eh, you know so you just have to respect that and be careful i should have done more core work just you know protect my my spine you know mm -hmm. um so yet another reason to to do your your training but I'm learning you got to do more core work, you know, Pilates type exercises, whatever, to, to mm -hmm. protect that back. It really does help um, and stay active. It helps you deal with lymphedema, you know. So you, again, <laughs> there are a lot of benefits to running. Not all of them are, are yeah. obvious to everybody. But uh, yeah. um, no, this is great. Uh, but, uh, you know, with, with the injury, uh, uh, the freak... Uh, yeah, back injury. Uh, what happened while you were uh, operating a saw or something, right? Like that. The right? saws all, yeah, reciprocating saw. You know, okay. they're pretty violent things. You use them in construction to cut sections of wall out and everything. You know, right. um, but yeah, I was trying to do it with one hand. Really stupid, you know. Um, I should have had somebody helping me. I was trying to hold the thing with the other hand and it did this violent shake where I felt this burning sensation go down the back of my, my left leg. And I'm like, what was that? And, right. you know, I had a bunch of muscle spasms and stuff and thought, oh, I screwed something up. So I finally went in and had it evaluated. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, you ruptured your disc. And what was crazy was he says, you know, disc ruptures at your age are pretty rare. It tends to kind of harden up and, and, and get really stiff. He said, this is usually a younger person's injury. And wow. I'm like, oh, great. You know, thanks. <laughs> you know, so running, running helped my disc stay soft. So, so I ended up rupturing it, you know? And, um, yeah. But uh, anyhow, yeah, that was humbling. Just be careful of power tools. They can cause their own damage, you know. Yeah. So didn't get hurt biking, didn't get hurt running, got hurt <laughs> trying to do construction, you know. <laughs> Stay away from it. Yeah, exactly. I should have stayed out running, you know. Jeez. I know. Okay, so now you are, um, uh, you kind of reduced running. You haven't done any marathon since that injury in 2017. But you are building back. Up. I've done some 5Ks and 10Ks, but okay, uh, not marathons. Nothing yeah, but uh, 5K, 10K, and now you you mentioned uh, you know uh, building up to something of uh, a relay marathon or something. What was that? Yeah, it's a half marathon. Yeah, well, VCM they they have uh, people can run the whole thing. They can run a two-person relay team where each run half, or the, they you can have up to a five-person relay team where you know, each person runs a different section, but they have relay stations around the course, you know. Right. Um, but so, so I'm running a two-person team with Greg Jackson, one of the guys from our running gang at National Life, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a good runner. He's a pretty gifted runner. He's a few years younger than me, but he's pretty fast, you know. Right. I think he qualified for Boston, but he, he doesn't. 
he doesn't want to put all that effort into the, the marathon training, you know. So. <laughs> right, right. But uh, but yeah. he'll do a half with me. Yeah, all the best for that. When is this? In May, right? Uh, May, yeah, Memorial Day, the end of May, like the 25th or something. 29th i guess that's the sunday yeah so i guess it's may 29th this year it's right. whatever the sunday is a memorial day weekend you know yeah which is nice because you get a recovery day on monday because you have monday off because it's memorial day you know <laughs> yeah. where you get to gimp around from with your sore marathon legs you know right. it's always funny watching marathoners the day after the race go down like a set of stairs or something, you know, I think oh, they have yeah. videos of this, of, of people who ran the London marathon, some guys trying to go down the stairs into the subway and he's going and <laughs> yeah, but that, that goes away pretty quick, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, uh, this is great. You, um, all the very best for that, uh, you know, the preparation, uh, preparation for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this has been fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed, uh, catching up, uh, with you and living through all that, those memories and learning about your running journey and stuff. Um, yeah. are there any tips for, uh, working at less to do well at sport and life in general to kind of conclude this? Yeah. Again, I, I, I think we've been talking around it a lot but it, yeah. it's just sticking with it making it, it it's almost got to be a lifestyle you know um you always do feel a little better after you run it you know if they're finally doing the science to support this now but it really is true it's not just you and i you know talking it up it, it, you have to stick with it it makes it easier to do an initial race it makes it easier to do longer distances it, you know just any kind of regularity really helps and, and you don't have to go crazy you don't i'm not an elite athlete good lord you know i'm a, i was a mid-packer in high school cross country but I, i'm still running and most of my friends who are fast aren't running at all you know um but it, it's just sticking with some sort of um lifestyle pattern there and and it will pay off you know um in, in a lot of ways you know yeah Awesome. Awesome. And uh, also all the best for with your uh, uh, bike, biking and bike pack. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you use the same principles that you use for running and you will be fine. You know, okay, okay, okay. So there's out. some hope for me, Venky. I'm so glad to hear oh, that. Oh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And you are free to message me uh, anytime. Email me okay. or uh, message me on Messenger. And uh, if you need any, uh, you know, if you need to bounce off any ideas or any tips for biking and stuff, please, please reach out. I'll be glad. Well, I may be out there in the middle of the Northeast Kingdom. I, I bought a Garmin inReach device where huh? if you have no cell coverage at all, you can send text messages through a satellite, you know, yeah. um, and, and you can also push a button and it'll set off alarms and emergency services will come and get you, you know, but... Yeah, if I'm in a pinch, I may be messaging you out from the middle of the Northeast Kingdom somewhere. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, yeah. my pedal came off. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, right. Thanks, Dave. This has been a fantastic uh, chat. I really, really and, had fun. And all the best to you. I'm so impressed with your website and, and uh, 
boy, you know, you, you need a marketing department now, you know, you're, you're doing long <laughs> runs, you got the bike gear, you know, you look good. Gee. Thank so you. stick with it. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do. And I will be sending you some, some uh, messages when Rob and I try some of our shorter bike packing trips. We'll, we'll let you know how it goes. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. Share pictures and all that. I'm really looking forward. Awesome. Sure will. That was my conversation with Dave King. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. It, it was really inspirational to hear about how staying active and continuing to run helped him deal with that situation. If you are finding these stories inspirational and useful, please consider supporting the channel by subscribing to the channel on YouTube. It really helps. Thanks again for your continuous support. See you next week with another guest. Thank you.